Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxone Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Welcome to Paranormal Stakeout. I'm your host, Larry Lawson, inviting you to join us on our continuing journey into the unknown as we attempt to find the answers as to what really exists on the other side of reality. And as always, I'm coming to you from Master Control of the X-Zone Radio and Television Broadcast Network in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And I'm speaking to you from the studios in the Southern Command Post of the X-Zone Nation in beautiful Vero Beach and Felsmere, Florida. And tonight, folks, I've got a guest that has credentials that we don't often see in the world of paranormal research and investigation, and that's of a practicing physician. 
Dr. Donald Molnar, MD, is an internal medicine physician by day and a paranormal investigator by night. He is also the founder of the Haunted MD Project, which allows him to combine his passion for paranormal research and investigation with being a practicing physician. Since 2001, Don has been out of training and working as a doctor for various health systems, including the Cleveland Clinic Foundation in Ohio and the University of Virginia Health System in Charlottesville, Virginia. He was raised in Lorain, Ohio, and completed his undergraduate and medical training in the Akron, Ohio area. Don notes having paranormal and ghostly experiences all of his life, and he finally joined Twisted Paranormal Society out of Fisherville, Virginia in 2012 to be able to investigate these curious experiences. As part of TPS, he has investigated many locations, public and private, including Hillview Manor, Fort Mifflin, St. Albans, the Exchange Hotel, Dunlora Inn, and the USS North Carolina. He can also be seen in several of ep- the episodes of The Twisted Realm, which is a video production of the investigations of TPS, which has been aired on PBS Virginia and is now seen on Viddy Space and Amazon Prime. In May 2018, Don started Haunted MD to lecture on being a ghost investigating medical doctor and in March 2019 decided to focus on it, stepping away from TPS. Besides investigations and lectures, he posts a wide variety of interesting items on the Haunted MD Facebook page and on Don Molnar Haunted MD YouTube page. The posts include thought-provoking paranormal concepts along with educational videos and intriguing pieces of evidence. Dr. Don Molnar, welcome to Paranormal Stakeout, my friend. Hey, that sounds good. (laughs) Wow, medical doctor, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, we look at medical doctors as folks that are very, uh, very focused on the facts and 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 uh, the problems of the human body and how we can fix that. And here you also investigate the paranormal. Tell me how that happened. Well, you know, um, I've kind of been I've been interested in paranormal all my life. Um, starting out as a kid, some of my earliest experiences. I remember um, one thing that always stands out in my mind would. Was, is that I would see a uh, like a, a figure of light, and I would tell my mom about it. I was probably like four or five years old, and I tell my mom about it. I'm like, mom, I'm seeing this like thing kind of poke around the corner and look at me, and she was like, "What?" She was, "Well, that's probably your guardian angel." So we kind of just kind of rolled with it. The fact that I had a guardian angel, and pretty much from the time I was, you know, a kid through teenage years through adult, you know, I've had all these, all kinds of interesting experiences even before. I became a doctor, and definitely before I joined the paranormal team, always had these curious things happening, you know, noises, smells, sounds, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, uh, you know, eventually became a doc. And um, even as a doc, you know, having to deal with life and death and all that, you, I've had some interesting experiences over the years. And then about 2012, how I officially started ghost hunting um, was I. Uh, ran into a, a nurse who was a, a nurse manager, a charge nurse for night shift. I was working night shift at this small hospital in Virginia where I worked. And she had just came back from a ghost investigation at St. Albans in Radford, Virginia. That's a pretty haunted place um, down south of where I live. And she was telling me all these, I heard her overheard her talking about all these stories that they had experiences. And I started talking to her about those. And she told me about Twisted Paranormal. And then I got to meet them and join the team. And that started me on the, kind of my official path down the, the paranormal route. So and I've always been 
even though I'm a doctor and a person of science, I've always been very open to the paranormal, and and I'm curious about it, especially even as a doc. You know, I've had some interesting experiences with, you know, near people, you know, seeing things before they die or different mm-hmm. things happening during code events when somebody, you know, we have to bring somebody back, you know, if their heart stops or they stop breathing and all that. So that's kind of a, in a nutshell how I got to where I am now. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it kind of relates a story to me. I had a gentleman on a tour, and uh, he was very, very quiet and very skeptical looking. And at the end of the tour, he uh, told me he was a doctor, and he explained an incident that occurred to him as a young ER doc in Colorado, where a guy that he was saving, uh, actually he was trying to save and he couldn't because it was a bad uh, uh, knife wound in the in the abdomen, had us the uh, thoracic guy come in and do the work, save the guy's life, but he was unconscious the whole time. And uh, the victim came back six months later and wanted to thank everybody for what they did and asked about the funny-looking doctor with glasses. And this guy said it amazed me because the guy, the victim was unconscious the whole time. How did he even know what the doctor looked like because the description was correct? And the guy explained to him that he sat up in the corner, his his essence, his spirit, sat up in the corner of the ER watching the whole thing. And that made this doc a believer. And all this time I thought he was being and I and I would have expected that from a doctor to be very skeptical of this type of thing. Right. What do you what do your colleagues say about this? That's so it's always that's a great question. You'd be surprised. I think this day and age, a lot of doctors you know, like, like the example you just gave, have had their personal experiences and they have stories. Uh, most of my friends kind of like they think it's really cool what I'm doing, and they'll they'll come at me with their stories. Um, you know, oh yeah, this happened. Oh yeah, that happened. And in fact, uh, one of my friends that I work with now, he's actually uh, leaving us to go up to Boston with his wife. But he's a he's a believer in the paranormal. He and he's also an internal medicine doc. And I was showing him some of the experiences I had in our in our office now where we work in this hospital and you know showing him some of the SLS Xbox camera footage and he he's he was impressed by that and we started talking about all the noises because in our office where we are now we hear all these banging and noises and all this stuff and he he believes in it but he's like you know Don I've never really had an experience but I I believe in ghosts and I I think what you're catching evidence wise is pretty pretty incredible and so the next day I come in and he goes Don he usually got. He usually gets there a little bit earlier than everybody else. He goes, I heard a noise in the bathroom. So the the two bat we have two bathrooms in our office and like four work areas and there's a couple of beds for sleeping overnight, for overnight folks. But he goes, I heard a loud noise in the bathroom. It sounded like the toilet seat got slammed shut. Then I heard uh, like the door rattling. I went to look in the bathroom. He goes, and the door is closed, and I went to open it. He goes, and there's nobody in there. So he finally had a personal experience of his own after hearing all these stories and seeing all my evidence and all that. But so anyways, what I'm getting at, though, is a lot of my doctor friends are pretty open to it. I really haven't I haven't come across a hard skeptic yet. Usually everybody comes across like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And oh, yeah, my sister had this or I had that. Um, And and even people that I thought would kind of like look at me funny. Yeah. They they say, hey, I'm really interested in that. I'd love to hear what you do, and I got a story for you, <laughs> you know. So you'd be surprised. It's not it's not like it like it like it used to be as far as you know. You got to be crazy to believe in that stuff. No, it's 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 actually fairly mainstream now, and and uh, I, I I guess I shouldn't find it fascinating because I I always thought people would look at cops. What I do, 
law enforcement as uh, how can you believe in this stuff? And I guess I, I was looking, I was doing the same thing to doctors, but here it is. Uh, you guys deal with death all the time, don't you? I mean, death and yes, dying. Yes, 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 yes. I often, um, I've talked to my uh, my Hot and MD page and, and talked to people. It's like, depending how you look at it, we're kind of on the gateway of life and death. You know, if you if you work with children, you know, you're, you're right there when, the, when life comes into the world and, you know, the soul, just like we think soul goes to the afterlife, the soul has to come from somewhere into the person. So I often think, you know, depending how you look at it, whatever end of, you know, if you're OBGYN, you're at the, or a family practice doc, you know, you're at the beginning of life and, 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 and some of the family practice docs are also at the end of life, you know, and for me, yeah, I deal, you know, I got to run codes, you know, like where I work now, if somebody's heart stops or, or somebody stops breathing, I'm in, I got to show up to that and be in charge of, of making, you know, can we get them back? Can we not get them back? So yeah, it's always, it's always, um, life or death. And I always, I always think about this and probably for a police too. It's, it's a similar thing. Like you can go from one minute, just sitting, relaxing, talking to the nurse or, you know, eating your lunch and all of a sudden, <laughs> bam, you're in there life or death. Right. It's like crazy. Yeah. Like you're like, Oh my God, here I am. You know, me and this group of people are the key to this person's survival, you know, and you do what you got to do, get them back, hopefully, and you go back to do whatever you're doing. It's kind of a strange, it's like a, it's a strange range of emotion, <laughs> you know, you go from that, yeah, calm, that, that, that I can relate to calm. <laughs> yeah, it's like nuts, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, I mean, I've had some interesting experiences, you know, with well, that whole death process thing going on. Do you think, looking at it from the skeptical side, that the emotions tied around folks hinging on life or death can cause some sort of psychological event that will cause people to see or think they hear or see something. Is that, what are your thoughts on that? Are you talking about like from a perspective of the patient or are you talking about the, health? I guess the whole gambit uh, you as a doc, you dealing with those emotions all the time, nurses, as well as family members, anybody that's experiencing things in that, in that, the confines of that event, do you think psychologically that could have something to do with all this? You know, I guess it, I guess it depends on your belief systems. You know, if, if you, I guess if you're the dying patient and you think about that, you're going to go to heaven or you have certain expectations, I guess that could potentially factor into your experiences, but it seems like even then that some of the experiences are kind of out of that expected range. Yeah. That well, people... and, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. We'll get into some of the experiences you've had after this first break. Folks, we got Dr. Don Molnar with us. Stay with us. We'll be back right after these messages. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, 
international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. And we are back on Paranormal Stakeout with my guest tonight, Dr. Don Molnar, uh, MD, an internal medicine doc. Uh, up in Virginia. Um, interesting conversation and an interesting um, viewpoint from somebody that deals with life and death all the time. Yes. Um, you've, you, so you experienced things quite a bit as a youngster and it got you interested. And then it just, it, being a doctor is not what kind of got you into the world of investigating. It just happened to be your profession. If I got that right? Yes, yes, yes. But being a doc sure has put you in a position to experience uh a lot of strange things, too, I guess, right? That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I think the other thing, too, you know, being a doc, you know, you know, you, you, you do some research, you know, in medical school and projects and things like that. And also, before I got to medical school, I did some research. So I think I think I bring in, you know, what I, what I bring to an investigation as a physician is the kind of that kind of that stepwise fashion that I, I think a lot of us follow. You know, I, I noticed when I was looking, you know, looking at your information and all that, you talked about how, you know, you approach things from a, you know, like a, you're going to take it to court, like a police investigation. And I think, right. you know, as doctors, we kind of bring that mindset in, like, how do I look at a patient? You know, I look at it, you know, the patient has a complaint and, you know, and the history to the complaint and you then you examine them and all that. I think I kind of bring that kind of thought process in the whole, you know, the, the process of how a doc looks at a case and then also my research background kind of, you know, what's, what's a false positive, what's a real positive, you know, what's a real result versus a negative result. And do we exclude any, any factors that could have potentially, you know, caused that result besides paranormal. So I think even though I'm a believer, definitely a believer in spirits and the afterlife, I still have that skepticism. Like I got to still convince myself that, what I had, what happened, it really happened, you know, and if I can't, if I, if, if I can, if I can't convince myself a hundred percent that I'm like, I got to throw that out in my mind or I don't, okay, I don't present that. But going back to your other question about my experiences, um, um, one thing I, I, that always sticks out in my mind was I had a lady who, um, was, you know, we had, we had tried to save her and it was, she wasn't getting any better. She had some kidney and lung problems and the family, we talked to the family, we do a lot of these talks as a doc where we get to decide about, do we keep providing care to get them better 
or do we provide mm. care to let them go and be comfortable? So we decided to make this lady be comfortable. And I periodically was checking on her and I went in the room to check on her and um, she was looking at the ceiling and she was smiling at the ceiling. She obviously was seeing something. And mm -hmm. this is the first time I ever did this in my training. This is about five or six years ago. And, or no, actually longer than that, maybe ten, six, seven years ago. Anyways, I, I had to ask her, I'm like, what are you seeing? You know, and she goes, I'm seeing the angels up there. And she, I mean, she clearly was seeing something. And there was almost like an energy in the air, you know, too. And I look, I even looked up. I'm like, are you you're seeing what? You know, and, she, you know, and she swore she was seeing angels. And I ended up, you know, me and a nurse, actually a nurse had come in with me, too. And, you know, we both were kind of dumbfounded. And we walked out. I said, you know, I think she's going to probably die soon in a couple hours. And she ended up dying within like an hour of, of seeing, the, seeing those angels. And, that, you now, know, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I finish your thought. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, so a skeptic can argue, well, you know, you know, sh she's dying. She, you know, when, when we make people comf comfortable, we give them morphine, we give them Ativan. So morphine for pain is a narcotic and Ativan is a benzodiazepine for comfort. You give them nausea medication. So, you know, a skeptic can argue, yeah, she's, you know, she's going to die and you give her meds and maybe her oxygen's low and that's why she's seeing stuff. But this was something different. I don't, you know, she hadn't got much meds and her vital signs really weren't all that bad yet. So to me, she, you know, she was alone in the room too. She, to me, she, she seemed to really be seeing something. Um, I can't say for sure it wasn't, you know, something we caused as physicians or healthcare. But to me, it seemed like it was something real that she was experiencing that I don't think was because of meds or because of her oxygen being low or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I've got to think here, and now, yes, there's going to be that argument, well, this was just, uh, she was in the, the process of passing, and it caused her mind to, to look for something that gave her hope. I, I see that argument out there. But do you see the possibilities? Because um, I want to talk to you a little bit about parapsychological research. I'm, yes. Do you, see, do you see the possibilities of ever creating some type of method to to track this to document i don't know if i'm using the right words but somehow show that this is just not a psychological um event of somebody dying but an actual event that they're seeing if that makes sense do you see that as being possible you know i i i think it's i think you could and there actually is some research i, I don't know how much you know about it but you know there's different programs around the country and the world that kind of look at this stuff. In fact, mm -hmm. the university of Virginia has a program. I'm yes. not, I'm not part of the program, but it's the division of perceptual studies. And they actually looked at that particular thing called deathbed visions. And I think they're still doing some research in deathbed visions where the, it's something the patient actually experiences, but sometimes even the loved one at the bedside might experience either the same thing that the patient's experiencing, or they may have their own separate kind of vision but, you know, it's often a family member, you know, that comes for the patient or an angel or some kind of religious figure that comes for the patient. But it's a deathbed vision. And there's been some research into that. But it, interestingly, you mentioned that because recently I've been thinking about, I wonder if I could get permission to do some of my own research. Um, we, where I work now, we have a hospice unit. Um, you know, hospice units are where you're going to go for your last days. And I was mm -hmm. thinking about seeing if I could get permission and how to go about it, if I could be present when folks die or when they're near death, you know, with permission of the family in the hospital, you have to, you have to do all this special 
commissions, you know, for to, to do that kind of research and just be a witness to that and see what I could document and maybe even be able to use some of my equipment, use some of the equipment that we use, you know, the K2s and things like that and see if, if you're able to pick up on anything, especially if that patient's experiencing something. So, And how would you, how, have you given any thought how you'd put controls into that, into that type of, I mean, that's, that's fascinating. I, I, I think you're going to be lucky to get a lot of families allow you to do that, not to right. mention the hospital, but I think that's fascinating. I think that's what we need to do, but what kind of controls would you put on that in order to um, make it a more sterile type of inquiry? You know, it would be tricky. Um, I guess you would have to you'd have to account for like what meds are given. You know, if you have a person who, you know, if they're on their final, if they're in their final hours, if they have a, if they're getting a lot of morphine, a lot of stuff like that, you'd have to control mm -hmm. for that. Where you'd have to say, well, let's try not to give so much morphine, or you know, it, it'd be a little tricky. <laughs> it'd be yeah. A little tricky. So you'd have to really look at, you'd have to keep track of how much meds are getting and, you know, you'd have to know if that particular person do, you know, what is the response, you know, have they had trouble? Do they get hallucinations with those meds? If it's a person who gets hallucinations, has hallucinations with meds, then it'd be a little tricky to pick it apart. I guess the other thing too, is if they're actually, you know, having other people in the room that know the patient, like if the patient says, Hey, I'm seeing my mom and. If that and if she can describe her and other people can kind of collaborate those things, you know, so somehow you have to control for the meds, control for, you know, if if they start describing somebody, is it really somebody that's in the that was in the family or somebody they know, that kind of thing. It'd be hard to do like a total like placebo and treatment kind of group, you know, because <laughs> yeah, they don't would... have a placebo group. But but it's fascinating. It, just the thought of that's fascinating, and it's interesting to know that I've, I'm familiar with the University of Virginia program. They're they're also doing work with kids in their past lives, which I find yes, yeah, Doctor Tucker's doing that. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, pretty cool stuff. And then they're doing near death experiences too. Actually, I haven't had a lot of patients with near death experiences. I've had a, a few, but I, mm -hmm. when I started doing my hundred MD thing, I really started kind of engaging on you know the research that's out there and. They do a ton. Uh, Dr. Grison has done a ton of near-death experiences, and it's amazing. Like, you know, the story that you mentioned about the doc from Colorado. I mean, that's, you know, uh, out-of-body experience. And he, he didn't have the full near-death experience, where you know a lot of times they'll see themselves and then go to the light and see relatives and have a chance to come back or not. You know, so so there's a lot of UVA's doing a lot of that too. And I don't know if you know this, but UVA has a pretty fancy lab. For to study like psychics and mediums and and people like that, oh, they yeah. have a yeah they have like the did you know about that the EEG oh, yes. MRI yes yes I haven't seen it but I, I'd like to see it. <laughs> well, and and that is one of the areas that I think will help. If we're, in my view of it is this, uh, we we don't know what the phenomenon is. We have personal opinions, but we don't really. Nobody's ever come back and sat us down and said, hey. Uh, uh, George Washington has never come back and sat us down and said, look, this is what's really going on, on the other side. And until that happens, we'll never prove anything. But I think to get there, we're going to have to get the buy-in from the scientific community if right. we're ever going to completely find these answers. That's my thought anyway on it. Um, but, yeah, the UVA is a pretty interesting little project there, no doubt. Yeah, and I don't know if you know, um, uh, University of Arizona has a guy down there, too, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. Um, but he's doing some pretty groundbreaking uh, paranormal research too. He's actually done some stuff with trying to prove ghosts using different like light sensors and things actually in the lab. 
It's pretty cool. Yeah, University of Arizona. Um, and I'm, I should know the guy's name. I'm totally drawing a blank on it. But he's doing some pretty cool stuff too. And he also did some of the para- parapsychology research to like uh, near-death experiences and all that. Hmm, that's fam. I'm going to have to check into that. That one I'm not familiar with. I'm definitely going to have to look into that one uh, a tad. And it, all this makes it easy where you work because you you kind of work in a pretty interesting uh, hospital. We've, I do, yes. Uh, I do, yeah. Well, uh, in, a, in a couple of minutes here, we are, in about a minute, we've got to go to our next break. But when we get back, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about the hospital, the things that are going on in there. But I'd also like to know what your scariest experience was as an investigator or a doc. So uh, give that some thought when we get back in a couple seconds. And folks, uh, we're going to take our uh, next break here in just a couple minutes, but I want you to stay tuned uh, for some interesting conversation with myself and Dr. Donald Molnar. We'll be back right after these messages. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit numberonefear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. And we are back. Paranormal Stakeout with my guest tonight, Dr. Donald Molnar, a internist up in Virginia, practicing physician. And uh, Doc, we, we're starting to get into a little bit about your office. You mentioned it a little bit here, but you've done some uh, some re, uh, investigation research in your office there, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Hey, before we go on, let me tell you, uh, Larry. So that place in University of Arizona it's called the Laboratory for Advancement of Consciousness, and it's um, Gary Schwartz. Gary Schwartz is the guy. 
Ah, okay. And and it's, where was that again? That's from the University of uh, Arizona. Okay, thank it's, you. And it's called the Laboratory for Advancements, Advancement of Consciousness. Okay, thank you. I uh, appreciate that. Um, so tell us about your office. First of all, what made you start investigating your own office? So our office, um, you know, so so the building where I, let me tell you about the building real quick, and I'll tell you about the office. The building um, was built in 2011. It's a it's a satellite hospital for the University of Virginia. We're kind of down the road about three or four miles, and what we do is we take care of long term. We call them long-term acute patients. Basically, they're people who don't really need to stay in a hospital anymore, but they're too sick to go anywhere else, like to a nursing home or to a rehab or whatever. You know, we do a lot of people on ventilators with tracheostomies who need to be on a ventilator for a while and wound care. But anyways, our office is uh, – so the building's three floors. The uh, Our office is on the, third, is on the third floor, and it's not an office like an outpatient office. I just do all – hospital-based medicine, so I don't have a traditional outpatient office. But our office is kind of where we all congregate. There's four work areas. There's a couple beds, a couple bathrooms in there, kind of where we kind of check in in the morning, get our heads on straight, look up information on the patients, and, you know, before we go down, our, all the patients are on the second floor there. But um, people knew I was – our doctors knew I was a ghost hunter that I worked with, and one of the docs said – she goes, I think this office is haunted. And it was funny she had mentioned that because I had been hearing noises there on my own, but I didn't think, you know, I was kind of like, is that just the air conditioning or what? what is this? And and she had mentioned that she had noticed the lights coming on by themselves. Um, so there, there's two bathrooms um, and the bathrooms have motion activated lights mm -hmm. and they have motion activated paper towel dispensers. So she was telling me, she's like, Don, she goes, the lights come on by themselves in the bathroom. And I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, no way. She's like, and then the paper towel dispenser runs. So she had told me that. And within a few days of her telling me that, I was in the office by myself. Um, and, and I'm not lying to you, but the paper towel dispenser, the, it, ran, the, it ran in the one office. And then a few seconds later, it ran in the other, I mean, the other, other uh, not the other office, but the other bathroom. Uh -huh. it, it was weird. And then, and then I went to look and sure enough, the lights were on in the bathrooms, but nobody had been in there except for me. <clears throat> People had been gone for, you know, probably an hour or so. So the lights, when you activate them, they do stay on for a little while, probably like maybe 10 minutes or so. Then they turn off, but there hadn't been anybody in the bathrooms, you know, for, for at least, you know, an hour or so. So it was crazy. So that's when I got the idea that maybe I need to start checking out this place, you know, and I already had my equipment. I already was, you know, doing ghost investigating. I started working where I work now in like 2014. So uh -huh. I had been a, I had been a paranormal investigator for like what, two years, three years already. So I'm like, I got to check this place out. Maybe I can catch some evidence of this stuff. Um, so interestingly, I actually have this, uh, there's a video of this on my haunted MD I actually caught the light coming on by itself, which was really cool. I set up, um, I snuck, I snuck in my, uh, my DVR camera. It's, uh, I have a six camera DVR system. I set up the cameras and throughout the office and I had set up the camera in the one area where there's a bathroom. And I actually was across the office. I didn't even know the light came on until I reviewed the evidence. And I was looking through the evidence and sure enough, I caught that bathroom light coming on. It was like, yes, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh. you, never, you never catch that stuff, right? You never oh, catch man. it. Like the stories you hear. And, and then I've caught all kinds of, um, I've caught a, uh, stuff on the SLS camera. But the way it got started was I was already hearing things and I've heard, I heard rumors around the place about the second floor where the patients are being haunted. 
And then my doctor friend started telling me about her experiences. And then I thought, let me see what's going on in here. And that's kind of how it all got started. Uh, I, I got to ask you a question, though, because this kind of caught me. Did you put a camera in the bathroom to catch the light coming on? So I put the light, the camera was outside the bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So. And because and, uh, now, how do your bosses feel about you putting the cameras up like that? Do they heard. Well, it's kind of under the radar. Um, <laughs> okay. My 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 direct my the direct people I work with they know I kind of do that stuff, so they don't they don't feel so bad. My one my direct my main my main supervisor said you know just like he knows like he knows about my haunted MD page. He's uh -huh. actually he was actually one of the guys I thought wouldn't like wouldn't be interested in paranormal, but he is. But he just says be careful with the UVA name because of the legal. Oh yeah. The legal yeah. issue. So so I tried not to really. You know, on my Haunted MD page, I try not to really mention that this is from UVA's office or whatever. Although, I guess people who know me know where I work. But in a, in a, in a general sense, I try not to broadcast that this is from our no. office at UVA. So, the, so it's kind of, um, I kind of sneak my stuff in, I guess. Okay. Well, the secret's out now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so tell me, the Haunted Doc, what yeah. is the most significant piece of evidence that you have collected during your time doing this you mean you know you mean as far as it, as far as doing paranormal investigations and research what is your most significant piece of evidence that you've caught even if it's not directly connected to your, your work as a doctor and also you have you had a scary moment oh yeah yeah so i've also well i had some scary moments before i even joined the team um you know up in ohio still i actually lived in worcester before i came to uh to um charlottesville but it, my best piece of evidence let me think about that for a minute um we've had some crazy things with tps you know really cool pieces of evidence you know one thing that sticks out in my mind with with twisted paranormal was we were investigating this place called the 360 house it's over by richmond it's actually near a battlefield uh, it's close to cold harbor mm -hmm. battlefield but there was another smaller battle area there that this these two houses sit like right on the battlefield and the one house was supposed to thought to have this demonic or evil entity haunting the place. We were in the basement and we're doing a burst session with the, with the, um, with the uh, recorder. And I'm like, can you tell us your name? And we, you know, did like a five minute session, played it back. And it said Satan. It was oh. crazy. It clearly said Satan as an EVP on the recorder. That, that was pretty, that was pretty crazy to have that come out like that. I've never had that happen since I've been investigating. <coughs> Uh, anything that particularly scared, scared you, uh, you, your most frightening piece of evidence? So would, would you want my evidence or my experience? Your experience. That's probably a better word. Your most, ex your, your scariest experience. So this was, this was a crazy experience. So I came to Charlottesville in 2009. I was living in, in a, in a, in a ranch style house in Worcester, Ohio, um, around 2007, 2008, it was pretty much me by myself. My son, I was divorced and my son was living down in, uh, Virginia. That's how I actually got to Virginia to be closer to my son. But I was in my house by myself and, and it was just, I was mostly by myself, except when my son would come visit. He was like five or six at the time, but I was, I was sleeping and I felt something push my shoulders down pretty forcefully, not, not to leave marks, not to try to hurt me, but push my shoulders down into the bed. And almost shake me like it was trying to wake me up. And I woke up like, what in the heck? You know, at first I thought, well, 
maybe it was a dream. Maybe I was having some kind of funky sleep paralysis or something like that. So I kind of dismissed that whole thing. And then a couple of days later at nighttime, I fell asleep again and it felt like something sh- took my shoulders and like put like put his palm of his hands into my shoulders and just sh- pushed me into the bed. It was like shaking me, trying to wake me up. So I woke up again and I'm like, this isn't, this isn't, this gotta be something else going on here. And I actually, at that point, I would still, I was watching all the ghost shows. So I was familiar with taps and ghost adventures and all those. So then I started getting, I'm like, this is something, something's in this house with me. So it kind of just dismissed it again. And then about a week or two later, it happened again. So it pushed me down into the bed, maybe a little more violently. And then I woke up and I saw this kind of amorphous, shadow just dropped down at the foot of my bed it dropped down like it was hiding at the foot of my bed so i was like what in the heck so i sprung up <laughs> i sprung up it was either fight or flight right so i'm like right. I, ju- I jump up and i look and there's nothing down there at that point you know from watching all the shows i knew i needed to tell this thing i had to take charge of my house so i immediately got like my a bible and my cross and i went around my whole house and i'm like this is my house. You've got to leave. You can't be doing this, especially if my son comes here. He's little, you know, and after I did all that, it seemed like the house, like, it, like it felt lighter and I never had any more experiences, but that was the most like tactile, like personal experience being touched, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what it was. The house had some weird stains, like in the carpet, like it was almost like blood stains or something. I never did find <laughs> out. I never found out the history of it, but it was weird. Uh, that's why history is so important in this. Okay, yes. Doc, let me ask you this. Yeah, in, in studying the history can give you all kinds of answers, but I'd like to ask you, Doc, a scientific mind, medical doctor, what is your opinion on what this phenomenon is? I mean, there. what do you think ghosts are? You know, it, to me, something something seems to exist after our bodies die, there's there, there's something that exists, whether it's your con- you want to call it consciousness or the soul. There's some energy or life force that that seems to be out there, and you know. So I think that seems to live on after our bodies die, you know. And so I think you know spirits or ghosts are the are the are, are that are that energy force that are in people. The thing I can't explain is why does, you know, some of it stick around? Why does, you know, others seem to go other places? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it's, it's hard to make sense sometimes out of, like, demon, demonic forces. And, you know, where do they come from? Yeah. And, you know, and, and those those are the questions that we're going to have to keep working on to answer. So, folks, we're going to take our last break here. We'll be back in, right after these messages with my guest, Dr. Donald Mulner. Stay with us. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, 
research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. They're here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. Christopher Fulton is a survivor of the national security state. All he wanted to do was preserve history when he acquired a Cartier watch from the estate of President Kennedy's personal secretary. But that simple act set off a terrible chain reaction. He was pursued by the U.S. Justice Department and the FBI, thrust into the middle of the U.S. government's Assassination Records Review Board, even monitored and pursued by the Russian government. All because that Cartier watch was the missing link of evidence, a timepiece worn by JFK that fateful day in Dallas, a link resulting in Christopher being incarcerated and attacked for nine years because he opened a hidden chapter in history. The intriguing journey outlined fully in Christopher Fulton's memoir, The Inheritance, is available now through trinday.com or amazon.com. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination by Christopher and Michelle Fulton is a must-read, an incredible tale of how easily our own government can overrule justice. The Inheritance, Poisoned Fruit of JFK's Assassination. And welcome back to our final uh, segment tonight on Paranormal Stakeout. I want to uh, thank Dr. Don Molnar, MD, for being our guest tonight. And uh, you can find him. Uh, Doc, do you have an, uh, a website that you can direct people to? Uh, not yet. That's still on my uh, things to do list. But I have uh, the on Facebook, I have the Haunted MD. And then on uh, YouTube, I have uh, Don Molnar, uh, Haunted MD. So, folks, check that out. I'd also like all of you to go to www.xzbn.net and check out all the terrific programming you'll find on the X-Zone Radio and Television Broadcast Network. And certainly you can uh, check my uh, website out at www.paranormalstakeout.com. You can also look at my team's website at www.paranormalfbi.com and be watching for some interesting stuff as I uh, travel abroad uh, to uh, do some investigating overseas in the next few weeks. You might find some interesting stuff on that page also. Um, so, Doc, in our last segment here today, you, you've started something interesting, this this Haunted MD Facebook page and your yes. YouTube page. Tell tell me a little bit about that. What what do you want to accomplish with that? What what can people find on there? 
So my hunter on the MD page, it's kind of become the main the main thing I've been doing lately with it, you know, as far as activity. And I started the page out as a way to kind of get my name out there. You know, I decided in May of 2017 to kind of branch off uh, from uh, TPS, and I wanted to be able to to talk about being a physician and a paranormal investigator, and kind of kind of grow that part of me. Um, and so I started the page to advertise myself kind of get my name out there on Facebook and then also on YouTube. And then the page is really kind of taken on a life of its own, which it makes me pretty happy. I try to post interesting things every day, every other day, depending how it goes. And I try to find interesting uh, parapsychology things, paranormal things, interesting stories. Um, you know, I've posted about near-death experiences. You know, I post pieces of evidence that I catch. You know, everything that I've posted on the Haunted MD page is stuff I've caught since I started doing this in May, I try to just post just my evidence, you know, nothing from, you know, before that. Um, so, I, you know, I post clips of evidence. Um, I'll share articles. Like if I see a, a, a cool article on Facebook, I'll share that. Um, I try to comment. I try to respond to everybody. Um, I have a pretty loyal group of uh, followers and uh, a lot of people have expressed how much it's helped them to hear, to see my posts, but also to have this, to read everybody's comments. Cause a lot of folks realize they're not alone in their paranormal experiences. And a lot of the people thought they were losing their minds. But then on my post, it's really helped people out because they can see that they're not alone when they have these things happen, you know, these, you know, mysterious occurrences. So so anyway, so the hot and MD thing was to get my name out there, the the page. Uh, my goal is I, I like to get out and do some lectures and talk to people and help out with investigations. I've been helping out um, – Lunar Paranormal of Virginia, um, I'm a, you know, as a guest investigator and helping them out. And you know, I could be a guest investigator for other folks. So I'm hoping from the Haunted MD Facebook page to be able to get my name out there and, you know, to do lectures and help other teams. And then also I'm, what was I going to say? Oh, I'm also able to do investigations myself. Um, me and my uh, girlfriend, Christine, can come out and do many investigations. Okay. And then well, about... About the YouTube page, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, get, I'll let you talk here in a minute. YouTube page is basically the same thing. I just try to post interesting pieces of evidence and and things like that to kind of advertise myself and and also to share share the evidence I'm catching to hopefully bring more credibility to the field to say, hey, here's a physician catching really cool evidence. This is you know you know. Well, that's that's kind of where I I, I want to go with with this line. Um, there, there are so many groups, people in this field that collect evidence and they have a certain way of doing it. They keep it to themselves. They don't want to share. What are your thoughts on creating uh, something not so di different from what you're doing on your website, but having more of a repository so people that are actually working in the field can see other people's evidence and and begin to compare it with theirs along with the circumstances around collecting that evidence. What are your thoughts on that? I think that would be great. I, I think that'd be great. Um, there's really not like a kind of a centralized, you know, you know, organization to, you know, looking at all the, you know, looking at evidence in one area or, or even criteria for what's good evidence and what's not good evidence. I think that'd be great. Um, I think it's, you know, I think, you know, one of the things I try to do on both my pages is also educate folks, too, about, you know, how to do a K2 session and how to do those things. So I think it'd be cool to have 
something where you could post your evidence that has standards, you know, for is this good evidence, you know, not so good evidence or and also a site that same section. How do you how do you do an investigation? What's what's a good K2? What's a bad K2? What's this? What you know, what's a good EVP? What's a bad EVP? I think it, I think that'd be a great idea. Well, how how do you envision coming to a a general agreement that most folks agree this is the proper way to uh, use a K2 meter or a MEL meter. This is the proper way to do an EVP session. Uh, you know, as a doctor, you went through medical school. Uh, yes. You, you, you learned certain procedures. You learned certain proper ways of doing things. Same thing on my end in the law enforcement world. And I think that's one thing that we're missing in this field. And that's a set of standards and, uh, and structure that will allow us to collect evidence the same way. And people who listen to the show often hear me talk about this often, but gives us the credibility because we're all doing it essentially the same way. Style can be different, but essentially the structure is the same. Yes. Um, what say you on that? So I think, you know, when you, when you look at medicine and science and how do we come up with our, our practice guidelines, it's usually expert panels or expert consensus, you know, like, you know, for heart attack, for example, you have the cardiac and the critical care, thoracic surgery. You know, you have a group of experts come together, have a meeting, and they talk about what's the standard of care? What is everybody doing? What's the evidence? What does research out there suggest is the best way to do something? So I think if you're going to create something like that, you would have to have, you know, experts in the field kind of come together and, you know, and kind of weigh, you know, what's everybody doing? What's proved to be the best way what's proved not to be the best way i think the tricky thing you know like when it comes to using equipment is you know it's never truly been proven that we're picking up on ghosts it's just our experience absolutely it's our experience right that we're so it'd be you know to the best of our knowledge you could say you know a k2 hit like this in this situation most likely is something paranormal where k2 hit by the computer (laughs) with the computer running and electricity all around is probably not uh it's probably not paranormal so but you'd have to bring like experts in the field together and and probably experts that people can all kind of agree upon and say yeah i i trust those people and i accept them and then they would have to develop you know kind of develop that standards of practice for ghost hunting that way well, well, most people would agree that getting the scientific community involved to help set the standards and, quite frankly, conduct experiments using the scientific method. But how do you see folks in the medical field being an important part of that discussion? Well, I see, you know, I, I, I could but you know, based on the way we approach, you know, research and, and patients and things like that, I could see where if you have, you know, more medical and science type people, you know, we have a certain way that we conduct research in a lab Mm -hmm. or when we're doing patient research that you can, you know, kind of translate those into how do we use those same kind of protocols or, you know, the science, like the scientific method, how do we adapt that so they can work in a, in a parapsychology field and, and all that. So I, I see, you know, also with, you know, medicine, we could also bring our experiences in with, the near-death experiences and what patient stories and things like that. So you can kind of collaborate, you know. Well, pe- I, yeah. And I see also the the aspect of medication, how that affects uh, a person who's in their last stages. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, the, the circumstances, uh, all the circumstances surrounding death. You know, more so probably with the, maybe the exception of may, maybe a paramedic, Folks like you get to experience that those last few moments probably more often than than anybody, and right. I th- I see that as being a really important aspect to this. How, how many do you have any th- 
the idea of how many folks in your profession actually have an interest in this field? You know, I have to take a survey. Now, like I was saying earlier, a lot of folks are interested. I just don't know how many folks would be willing to like come out in public like I do about <laughs> it. But they're, they're, they're like, well, my good friend, you know, um, the guy I told you he's going to be going to Boston. I think he would be interested in being, you know, being more involved in a either on a paranormal team or even like with some real deal kind of research. In fact, him and I were talking. In fact, my post that I posted on Haunted MD today, we, him and I were talking about how can something unseen create the noises and the physical things that it does? So, you know, so he's really interested. So I think there are certain, I think there are a certain portion of the physician population that would buy into like doing more research into the afterlife, you know, even more than what the, the parapsychology people are doing, maybe even more into the ghost hunting, you know, mm -hmm. field where you're out on locations doing that. You know, I think there'd be, I think there'd be more people into it and be interested in it. Well, where do you see the field uh, last minute or so we've got? What do you see for the future of the field of paranormal research investigation? Where do you see it going? Where do you think we need to be? I think I think um, it would be good if we could get more, like, you know, more people like me that are, you know, MD scientists to kind of step up and invest in, you know, you know, you know, you know, looking at the equipment that we're using and does it truly work and, and, you know, and combining like kind of what I'm doing with what the, the division of uh, perceptual studies is doing is seeing if you could combine the idea of looking for, you know, the afterlife through near death experiences with what we experience on ghost investigations. I think it'd be good to kind of combine that as far as the future. I mean, as far as like just paranormal research, not that are not, that are not like, you know, science trained or whatever. I think it's important just to really make sure you're, you know, documenting your evidence and, you know, ruling out normal stuff and making sure that yep. you're, you're, you know. And, and, uh, and you're absolutely right. But unfortunately, Doc, our time together has ended. I want to thank you very much for joining us tonight. And thank all of you out there for joining us on Paranormal Stakeout. We'll see you next time on the other side. Have a good night. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? 
The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today.